Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading from Redwood Pioneer by Betty Sterling. Chapter 5. A Midnight Visitor In the afternoon, Mikey went with Jake to see the sawmill. They watched the big saws, as large as wagon wheels, slice the logs into lumber. After the saws had cut the logs into the straight red lumber, it fell into the flume. Water from the river came into the flume all the time and carried the boards away. It floats all the way to Felton, said Jake. There they dry it and take it to Santa Cruz. Then it goes on ships to San Francisco and other places. They went around and looked at the mill pond, where the logs were floating until they would be sawed. A heavy iron cable pulled the logs up a skid into the mill to the saws. Jake took Mikey around the pond to the skidways, where the ox teams were hauling the logs to the pond. "'Aren't the logs huge?' said Mikey." Big as a house, said Jake. Look how those oxen strain to pull them. How do they cut such big trees, Mikey asked. The loggers won't let us come close enough to where they are working, but you can see some of what they do up there on that hillside. Jake pointed to where two men were sawing some distance away. Mikey strained his eyes to watch. He could see the two small platforms stuck onto the lower part of the tree and the man standing on each one. They were using a long saw. They chop an undercut with the axe to make the tree fall the way they want, Jake explained. And they make a saw cut on the side so it falls toward. The tree is so big, I don't see how a thin saw cut would make it fall in any special direction, said Mikey. Oh, they put in wedges, said Jake. The wedges make it go in the right direction. The logs the oxen are pulling aren't as long as a whole tree, said Mikey. They always buck them. Buck, said Mikey. What's that? saw them into shorter lengths, explained Jake. They peel off the bark, too, before they pull them onto the mill pond. Mikey looked at the hillsides beyond the sawmill. The hills look dreadful with the redwoods cut off, he said. Why do they burn the hillsides? To clear the underbrush away so the logs can be hauled. But the hillsides do look terrible, Jake agreed. But come with me, he added. Mikey followed him up a blackened, stump-covered hillside, wondering what Jake wanted to show him. Soon they came to a place where a young forest was growing up again. See, said Jake, cutting the trees doesn't always kill the roots. Look at this one. They pushed through a ring of saplings. In the center was a stump of a tree that had been cut down. What a tree, said Mikey. First it was only one, now it's about ten. Will they really grow to be big redwoods? Sure, said Jake, you can hardly kill them. Why, I saw one great big tree that had fallen down some winter. A new tree was growing straight up from the roots that were sticking in the air. They tried skimming flat stones across the river for a while, and then wandered back into Boulder. I hope you won't go too far up in the mountains, said Jake. I wish you could stay right here. We could have loads of fun. Mikey nodded. I'd like that. But Pa wants to go where the tan oaks are thickest. And besides, we came way up here because Pa likes to have lots of room to stretch. He what? asked Jake. He doesn't like to have neighbors, Mikey explained. Jake began to laugh. 
What a funny idea. Doesn't your ma like to have neighbors either? My ma likes to visit lots with the other women. Ma goes where pa goes, said Mikey. He really hadn't thought about whether ma liked to be off in the wilds or not. She never complained about anything. I'd better be getting home, said Jake. I have to milk the cow. Me too, said Mikey. We'll probably leave real early in the morning, so I won't see you for a long time. Bye. He ran toward the tent. He wanted to get busy quick, so he wouldn't think about how lonesome he would be way off in the redwoods. It was such fun having a friend, even for only a day. They left Boulder the next morning as soon as it was light enough to see. The mist was still floating above the river. They left the San Lorenzo River and followed a wide creek. There was no path or road now. Pa went first, with an axe over his shoulder to cut the brush where it was too thick to push through. He was leading one of the donkeys, loaded to its ears with their stuff. Tom and Pat each led a donkey, too. Then came Ma, holding Liam by the hand, and Sean and Mary tagging along as close as they could. Mikey was next, leading Bossy, and Martha was last, leading Maury. Mikey thought they looked like a bevy of quail playing follow the leader. The walking was hard. They went uphill all the time. Sometimes they had to climb over fallen logs or go around them. The brush tore at them, and some of it had nasty thorns. Mikey got a long scratch down one cheek where a blackberry branch slapped him. Before long, Ma had to carry Liam. The going was too rough for him. Then she had to sit and rest often, for he was heavy. Couldn't he ride on Bossy? asked Mikey. Let's try it, said Ma. She set Liam on Bossy's broad back, and he held on to Bossy's collar. Ma walked along beside him so she could catch him if he fell. The chickens didn't like riding donkey back. They scolded and clucked. The donkey didn't like the scolding and kept tossing her head and flapping her ears. Mikey was glad when they stopped for the night. He was tired out from the climb. Pa cleared a space and started a fire, and Ma soon had a stew cooked. Mikey laid out his bed after he milked the cow. While he was laying out his bed, he saw something crawling on a nearby redwood tree. He had never seen anything like it before. It was bright yellow and slimy looking and about as long as his middle finger. Pa, he called, what's this slimy thing? Pa came over to see. That's a mountain slug, Mikey. Sort of a snail without a shell. Mary looked at it and shuddered. Ooh, it's wriggly. Then Mikey had a terrible thought. Pa, will it crawl into my bed tonight? Pa laughed. Don't worry, Mikey. That slug isn't interested in you at all. It only likes plants and trees. Mikey wasn't so sure. He snuggled down into the covers and went to sleep to dream about long yellow slugs creeping over him. In the middle of the night, Mikey woke up. He could hear little sniffling and nibbling noises. He wondered if it was a bear. But Pod said there weren't any bears here. Mikey was scared anyway. Suddenly, something went crash. Mikey sat up. What is it? He rubbed his eyes and tried to see in the thick mist and darkness. Pa got up. "'Twas a deer, I think. He knocked over one of the bundles. Probably smelled the potatoes. A deer, right beside their beds. Mikey shivered. That was better than a bear, but he wished he could take his bed inside the tent. But if he did that, everyone would laugh at him and say he was a scaredy-cat or a baby. He decided he would be brave, for pioneers had to be brave." but he did pull the covers over his head. He didn't want any deer to mistake his hair for dry grass. The next day they tramped and climbed. 
they pushed through brush and went around huge redwood trees. They saw more tan oaks than they had near Boulder. Mikey did hope they would stop soon. He saw the most wonderful places to build the cabin. By supper time, when they stopped to camp, he was so tired that he knew he would never feel it, even if a deer came and chewed his hair. All he wanted to do was sleep and sleep and stop tramping through the forest. Chapter 6 Timber Mikey opened his eyes drowsily. Where was he? For a minute, he stared up at the dim outlines of the tall redwood trees above him, their tops hidden in the fog. Then he remembered. He was two days' walk into the forest from Boulder. He snuggled down in his warm covers under the shelter of a nutmeg tree and listened to the gentle drip of the spring mist in the forest around him. He could smell the sweet perfume of the azalea trees by the creek. They smelled good enough to eat. He could barely make out the outlines of some tan oak trees a short distance away. Mikey hoped they would build their cabin here. He was tired of walking and climbing through the endless forest. Besides last night when they had stopped to camp, he had seen a wide, deep pool where the two creeks joined below their camp. Maybe there were fish in the streams. Anyway, the pool would make a wonderful swimming hole in the summer, whether there were fish or not. He could hear Pa building the fire, and by turning his head, he could see that Pat and Tom were already up. He climbed slowly out of his warm covers. He sat on the springy redwood duff and shivered as he pulled on his heavy new shoes and laced them up. He was glad he had them to wear these cold, wet mornings in the forest. Back in the valley, he hadn't bothered with shoes much. Ma smiled and handed him the water pail. He made his way slowly through the drippy brush down to the creek. Balancing himself on two slippery rocks, he dipped the pail into the icy water. He would surely hate to fall into it. Then he picked a cluster of the silvery azalea blossoms and took them to Ma. She tucked the flowers into her shiny black hair. Her blue eyes sparkled when Pa said, Sure, and you're still my wild Irish rose after these 18 years, but it's been a long time since we sailed away from Ireland. Mikey grinned. He wished Pa would sing the song about the wild Irish rose. Pa hadn't sung a bit for many, many days. Mikey knew he was too anxious to get settled again to think about singing. Mikey sat as close to the blazing fire as he could while he ate his breakfast. The mist had stopped falling but water still dripped from the lock of hair that hung over his forehead. He wished this wonderful redwood forest could be drier, but he knew it was the mist that made the redwoods grow so tall and thick. Pa had gone off on a tramp through the trees and wet brush. Now he came back to the fire. He shook himself like a dog, and the fire sputtered from the drops of water that flew from his clothing. "'Can we build the cabin here, Pa?' Mikey asked. "'Well,' said Pa, did I see you looking at that swimming hole down in the creek last night? Mikey laughed, and Pa smiled through his long whiskers. This would be a good place, said Ma. There's water close, and the trees aren't too thick right here on this little ridge. That's right, said Pa. It's no joke to cut down a redwood. I'll bet we can build the whole cabin from one tree, said Pat. Sure, and I wouldn't be surprised, said Pa. There's no place here for the potatoes nor the garden, said Martha. No, Pa agreed. The garden would have to go farther up the hill, away from the creeks. A garden needs more sunlight. It wouldn't have to be near the cabin, would it, Pa? Mikey was still thinking about that pool in the creek. We could fence the garden with brush, said Tom. It wouldn't have to be near the cabin. I think everyone wants the cabin right here, then, said Pa. Right? 
Hurrah! shouted Mikey. He jumped up and down. Liam and Sean jumped up and down, too, and tried to say hurrah. Everyone laughed at them. I wish we could have a log cabin, said Mary, like the pictures in Ma's old book. Pa laughed and slapped his knee. A log cabin? <laughs> Why, Mary, if we built a cabin of these logs, it would be so big that only a giant could live in it. Look at the size of those trees, honeybug. Mary hid her face in her mother's dress while the older ones laughed at her. Never you mind, said Pa. It's going to be a good snug house, and you and Martha will have a room of your own in it, too. What about all us boys? asked Tom, trying to look jealous. You and the three oldest ones can sleep in the loft, said Pa, and Sean and Liam will have a trundle bed. Oh, goody, said Mikey. He was glad he wouldn't have to sleep in a trundle bed with Sean now. Pa stood up. This fire feels mighty good, but we've got real work to do. We've got to fell a redwood today, and that's one big job. Oh, Pa, can I help? asked Mikey eagerly. Pa shook his head. I'm sorry, Mikey. You're not big enough yet. Felling a redwood is dangerous business. You help Martha watch the little fellows to make sure they don't come near where we're working. But after the tree is down, you can help when we split it, all right? Mikey bit his lip. He did want to see the tree fall, but he knew Pa was right. He looked up at the huge trees. He wouldn't want to be in the way when one came crashing down. Pa and Tom and Pat shouldered their axes and long saws and marched off to find a good splitting tree. After they had gone, Mikey led each of the cows and donkeys to grassy places along the creek and tied them securely. He didn't want them wandering off to where the tree would fall. He returned to the tent. Sean and Liam were still sitting by the fire. Mary was smoothing out the beds in the tent. Mikey was glad to see the sun peeking through the misty fog. Come on, Sean and Liam, he said. I know where there's lots of sand. Do you want to play? Let me come too, begged Mary. You are a real helper, Mikey, said Ma. Will you watch to see they don't wander into the forest? Sure, said Mikey. I'll stay right here with them, beside the pool in the creek. We can have lots of fun. He was glad he could help Ma, even if he wasn't big enough to do real pioneer work like Pat and Tom. They trooped down to the pool where the two creeks joined. There was lots of sand along the bank, and the sun was shining on the pool. Mikey showed the two little boys how to build castles, and they made boats out of twigs and floated them on the water. Mikey watched the creek for fish, but they were all too tiny for him to bother with. All morning they played. When Ma called them to dinner, Mikey pulled a handful of horsetail weeds and took them up to the tent. Oh, Mikey, said Ma, where did you find the scouring rushes? I've been wishing I had some to scrub the kettles. There are lots of them along the creek, said Mikey. I'll get you more when you want them. After dinner, they went back to the stand to play again. The sun was beginning to hide behind the tall trees on the hill. when Mikey heard Pat yelling, Timber! Pat roared. His voice echoed through the forest. Sean and Liam covered their ears. Mikey and Mary jumped up to listen better. A minute later, they heard it. Crash! There was a terrible rumble, and the ground shook. Liam and Sean and Mary ran for the tent, shrieking and crying, Ma, Ma! Mikey grabbed the hands of the two boys. He didn't want them to go toward the trees. They were almost to the tent when Pat yelled again, Timber! Another crash and roar followed. One of the donkeys jerked loose from the tree where Mikey had tied her. Mikey dashed after her, but she came straight for the tent. Mikey tied her again and patted her head and talked quietly to her. He went to each of the other animals and talked to them. 
Soon, they were eating grass again, as if nothing had happened. The rooster was crowing and the hens were cackling, but Martha soothed them. Soon, Tom came marching toward the tent, looking big and strong like a logger. Pa says Mikey can come now to see the tree, he said. Mikey started right out after Tom, and Ma grabbed up Liam and the others came too. They all wanted to see the fallen redwood. Why did you chop two, Tom? Mikey asked as he stumbled after his big brother. We didn't, said Tom. The second one happened to be in the way of the one we chopped. The one we chopped down loosened it, and it fell too. Boy, my ears are still ringing. I'll bet, said Mikey. It sounded like the loudest thunder I've ever heard. It was worse than the noise the train made in Santa Cruz, said Mary. Mikey gasped when he saw the size of the fallen tree. Tom helped him climb up the side of the huge log, and he stood up and walked along it. Why, if they could carve out the inside of the log, it would be a good house, just like that. Pa laughed and laughed when Mikey said that. I think I'd rather have a board house, said Ma. I'm hungry, said Pat. We haven't had a bite since breakfast. We'll leave the tree till tomorrow, said Pa. Then we'll begin bucking and wedging and splitting the wood. He mussed up Mikey's hair. And Mikey, we're going to put you to work on the splitting job, too. How will you like that? Mikey grinned. There wasn't anything he would like more. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Visit our website at www.enchantedlibrary.net to see our past books or to connect with us on Facebook. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.